Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, your life connection to the information for a healthy body, an enlightened mind, and a renewed spirit. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to We Get Results. It's Tuesday, August 28th, 2018, and I'm your host, Mary Singer Albertson. If you haven't joined me before, my program airs the fourth Tuesday of the month at 1 p.m. Eastern and is archived for later listening. The purpose of We Get Results is to inform listeners of ways that they can get involved and make a difference in the U.S. and globally. Be the change you want to see in the world. One of the best ways I've found for one person to make a difference is taking action through the Results Organization. Results is a volunteer citizens lobby. Uh, We meet with members of the U.S. Congress. Um, and uh, trying to create the political will to end hunger and poverty in the U.S. and globally. So check it out at www.results.org. Be an advocate for people who have no voice. Don't stop with online activism. We need to go deeper. Find an organization that works on issues you are passionate about and needs you. So this month, the focus of the program Um, is on redistricting. Uh, We're going to find out what it is, what is gerrymandering, why it's important, what we can do about the manipulation of elections. And we're getting close to the November election, and Michigan is going to have a proposal on the ballot because we've gotten so many signatures to get it on the ballot, um, and it's proposal two. So we're going to have someone who knows all about this talk to us about exactly what we need to know. So my guest today is Davia Downey. She serves as a board member of the Voters Not Politicians Ballot Committee campaign, seeking to reform the redistricting process in the state of Michigan. And I'll tell you a little bit about Davia. Um, She is the MPA program coordinator and associate professor of public administration at Grand Valley State University in Grand Rapids, Michigan. She teaches undergraduate and graduate courses in local politics, public policy, and public administration. Professor Downey holds a PhD in political science from Michigan State University, a master's of public administration from Eastern Michigan University, and a BA in music performance from Albion College. She's sat on several community boards, and right now she is, as I said, serving as a board member on Voters Not Politicians ballot committee campaign, which is what we need to, to um, know the most about. So, Davia, welcome to the program. Are you there? I am. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming on to talk to us about this really important information and things that we need to know before the election. And um, can you think of any things that I didn't mention about you, of how you got interested in this or any other things that you're doing? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, well, I am interested in, you know, redistricting reform and gerrymandering more broadly just because of my background in political science. You know, when we learn about mm-hmm. um, the powers that are in the Constitution and what states are responsible for doing every um, decade when the census comes out, this is something that, you know, it, it's been a part of the American experience for ever since we were uh, founded and ever since we um, created the U.S. census, um, which, you know, 
basically counts all of the people throughout the United States. So, you know, as part of as part of the U.S. Constitution, redistricting is a process that happens every 10 years. Um, and with that census data, after they count all of the people, they send um, data to the states. And the Constitution basically says that, you know, we will have um, in at the United States, you know, in the Congress, we will have um, uh, so many um, representatives in the House and two senators from every state. So the reason mm-hmm. why we have redistricting is because um, people move, people are born, people die, and we need to have an accurate count because in the House of Representatives at the national level, that is based on population. Um, everybody gets two senators, but people have different or states have different numbers of House of Representative members based on their state's population, and that's really important just from an American history standpoint because the number of citizens you have in your state um, equals the amount of representation that you have at the national level. And those people go to Washington and they legislate on our behalf. And so the redistricting process is something that's really important. And the census is also really important as well. So I would make a pitch for people um, thinking forward to the 2020 census to make sure that you're counted so that we have an accurate count Mm -hmm. of the people who live in Michigan. Um, Where gerrymandering comes in is actually a fairly old process. It's happened ever since we um, developed the census and ever since we sort of directed states to um, create an accurate count and create districts and representatives that are sent to to Washington. But gerrymandering is basically when politicians or political officials or um, politicals, people that have something to gain from the process, draw those district lines to benefit Mm -hmm. um, themselves. And so they manipulate the electoral results by um, changing the district lines that people vote in, and that can sometimes skew what the, um, I don't know, we call it the contingent, the the people that are going to Washington for us. Um, And so... Mm -hmm. you know, from from my own personal background in teaching political science and, and talking about American history and thinking about the Constitution and thinking about what the census is used for, um, this was something that has always long interested me. I think it's become much more important in terms of, like, the American discourse, um, mostly because we see that people are voting, and in many states um, the votes are fairly fairly even, like, for example, in the state of Michigan in 2016, we had a fairly even, um, you know, presidential vote. It was like 51 to 49.9 percent or something like that. Don't quote me on that. But it was very close. But our U.S. Mm -hmm. House representation, the delegation that went from Michigan, was actually nine to five. So nine seats went to Republicans and five seats went to Democrats. But when you think about the presidential vote, which is essentially split you know, 50-50, it seems unusual that our U.S. House representation would be so skewed for one party. And there have been Mm -hmm. many studies that have been done on the state of Michigan looking at the district lines that were drawn by the legislature back in 2011 when we had the last census, and they found through using many different kinds of measures that the lines that are drawn, that were drawn by the legislature at the time, are... um, are skewed for the Republican Party. So this is one of those mm-hmm. things where it's not something that just happens in the state of Michigan. We tend, we, we happen to just be a really egregious example of um, gerrymandering, um, but there are other states that also have the same exact problem, and there are other states that even have the problem on the opposite side, where we have Democrats that are drawing um, these gerrymandered lines and that favor their party instead of the other party. And it doesn't match with the regular votes of, you know, you and me and and everybody else that might be listening. And so it's a real problem. And so when Voters Not Politicians came along, it seemed like an opportunity to right-size the process and really sort of put it back in the hands of the people. 
Uh huh. And how long has voter not, Voters Not Politicians been uh, up and running? So we have been um, around since late 2016, and I actually got involved in the fall of 2016. Um, you know, the story has been told a few different times, but really um, our founder, Katie Fahey, um, who's the, now serving as the executive director, she put a post out on Facebook. She said, you know, I'd like to take on gerrymandering in the state of Michigan, um, and she basically said, you know, who is with me? And um, I had a friend of a friend who happened to see this particular post, um, and she said, you know, you're always been very, you've always been very politically active. I know that you teach, you know, students to be active and engaged citizens. This seems like something that would really resonate with you. And I showed up at a meeting. They were, um, at the time, there was just a few people that were in the organization, and um, they were holding meetings all across the state. Um, and so I went to a meeting um, nearby my hometown and um, showed up, and, you know, they were sort of talking about, you know, developing a ballot committee to really address the issue of partisan gerrymandering in Michigan and they said you know you know who who in the audience I think in the audience was only like eight people you know who in the audience knows something mm -hmm. about or know something about gerrymandering, and of course I raised my hand and I said, well, you know, I'm a political scientist and I, I studied this and I, you know, I look at the Constitution and I understand what redistricting is, and sure, I'd be more than happy to help, you know, um, with the organization. And so um, just sort of raising my hand and, hand and saying, yes, I can help, um, I was brought into the organization to um, um, help develop the policy. I also worked on the outreach committee. Um, I do things like this where I speak, you know, to um, various audiences about what redistricting is and the ills of gerrymandering, mm -hmm. um, but um, basically from 2016 on, we um, established ourselves as a ballot committee. We developed language um, with a number of um, volunteers, a number of lawyers, a number of um, other consultants throughout the United States to really think about what the proposal should look like so that it would be the most fair and independent and transparent. Um, and we actually also went out on the road. Um, one of the things that I think is quite unusual about um, how Voters Not Politicians got its start was by um, taking these ideas to the people. Um, we held um, 33 town halls in 33 days. I spoke in the very beginning of um, January of 2017, running all across the state along with some other volunteers with the organization, talking to people about what gerrymandering is. And it's not like a really, um, I don't know, to use a kind of an inartful term. It's not really a sexy term, but everybody now all of a sudden mm -hmm. like understands what gerrymandering is. They're like, that's an abuse of power. That doesn't seem fair. And so we went across the state and basically um, held these town halls. And at the end of those town halls, we asked them, you know, if we were going to change this process of redistricting in the state of Michigan, what would you like to see? And um, so that was one of the parts of the, 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 of the organization that I'm the most proud of is that we really went to people and we said to them, now that you know what redistricting is supposed to look like, and you know what gerrymandering has done to our state in terms of representation, how can we fix this? And time and time again, um, the people that we encountered said, you know, we really don't want pe politicians um, to be in charge because what they do is they try to manipulate the line so that they get a benefit, and that doesn't seem fair to us. And so they really mm -hmm. wanted to make sure that the process itself was fairer, that it was more independent of that, you know, political behavior, and it was transparent, meaning that people wanted to be able to, you know, comment on maps. They wanted to be able to talk to people that were developing these maps um, during the redistricting process. And that was what ended up being in the policy is that, you know, we wanted to make sure that the people who sit on the commission are not politically motivated. Um, second, we wanted to mm -hmm. make sure that they were, you know, the, the the body itself, the commissioners, and how they act would be able to get information from the public 
um, and comment on maps. And so that's something that's incorporated into the policy. And the other thing that we wanted to make sure was that the, the, the commissioners themselves were independent. So in our, uh, in our proposal, we um, have a, a 445 designation. So we have four people from the Republican Party, five people that um, attest to be Democratic, and then five people who are independent. And the thing that's even more important, I think, that's in the details of the policy is that we require for all of those different people that sit on the commission to agree on a set of maps. And that is different than the process that we currently have in the state of Michigan. In Michigan right now, with the legislature drawing the lines for the United States House as well as for our state House and Senate, um, they can vote on party lines. And what that basically means is that if you have one party that is already has an outside, outsized advantage, they're able to run the table. They don't need any votes from the other side to approve maps that will help them out. And so one of the mm. things that's really important about this particular proposal is that we require each of those buckets of people to agree on a set of maps so that we don't have one party that's running the table, because those maps, once they're adopted in 2020, are going to be in place for 10 years. So those political impacts mm -hmm. are long-lasting, and that's why I think people really are, um, really are fired up about redistricting in this particular cycle. Mm-hmm. Now, um, had other states already started some of this before you guys got going in Michigan, or how did that? Or how many states have amended their constitutions so far? Yeah, so there's actually a few other ballot proposals or ballot initiatives um, throughout the United States that are currently um, trying to tackle the problem of redistricting. So Michigan is one. Um, Utah is another. Um, we also have um, other – there's two other states, Missouri and Ar Arkansas. Um, and Oklahoma is just starting to get um, uh, is just starting to get started as well. Um, one of the great mm -hmm. things um, that we just heard um, is that Missouri finally submitted their signatures um, to their legislature, um, which is ex exciting. Um, so they are um, also hopefully going to be in the ballot just like us um, in November. So Missouri and Michigan um, look like they're going forward. Um, I believe that Utah has also been certified. Um, so this is not just something where um, you know Michigan alone is kind of taking the taking the power of the ballot initiative um, and citizens movements to change this process we are we are one of four or five states right now that is actively trying mm -hmm. to um, to change the process of redistricting in the United States so it's really exciting that's really exciting did um, how many signatures did you have to get to get it on the ballot I know my friend that's a co-leader with Results Detroit, Yvonne Wyborn, he said she got 940 signatures, and I saw her outside of Secretary of State's offices and all over the place. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So one of the really funny, I guess, I don't know, it's a quirk of a grassroots movement, right? So Voters Not Politicians is made up of people like you and me that kind of go out and do do the things that it takes to get um, the ballot proposal onto the ballot. So once we developed the language after getting feedback from the state, um, we submitted that language, and the Board of State Canvassers approved that language, and then that basically sets off the process of gathering signatures. So in the state of Michigan, we had to meet a minimum signature requirement Requirement of 315,000 and some change. So we had to mm -hmm. we had to collect 315,000 signatures from registered voters 
in the state of Michigan, and we had, um, I believe, 180 days to do that. And we had no money when we first started. Um, we have basically continued to put calls out to people to say, hey, do you, can you hold a clipboard? Can you ask these three questions? Are you registered to vote? Are you allowed to vote in Michigan? And do you support um, changing um, the Constitution so that we can fix redistricting in the state of Michigan? And so basically what happened at that point, we had a plethora of volunteers that just came out and said, yes, I can carry a clipboard, I can ask people if they are registered to vote, and I think that gerrymandering is a problem in Michigan, and I want to see it fixed. So mm-hmm. we had about 3,000 people all across the state of Michigan collecting signatures for us, and we were able to collect over 450,000 signatures in about 100 days. Um, and that's all people power. It has. I mean, I collected signatures. I'm kind of impressed that your friend collected almost 1,000. <laughs> I only collected about 100, so I feel like I should have probably been out there a little bit more, but I was doing other things for the organization. But um, one of the things that was also really cool about um, Voters Not Politicians and the power of our volunteers is the fact that we were able to collect signatures from all 83 counties in the state of Michigan. And that's unheard of, of any other ballot proposal that has been on the books for many years. And that just goes to show that when people look at the process that we currently have in place in Michigan and looked at the proposal that we had in our language and the, the sort of people grassroots movement that we had developed in voters, not politicians, that they realized that they could be empowered to do something like that, and they just went out. They knocked mm-hmm. on doors. They asked their friends. They stood out in front of supermarkets. They, you know, did all of these things because they knew that we needed to collect these signatures. And it was really, it's still one of the most inspiring parts of last year that I can, uh, that I will always look back on with uh, a lot of, of grins and smiles because it was just awesome to see people everywhere um, with the dragon T-shirt saying, "Hey, can you sign this?" and and to to get them finally verified by the board of state canvassers was also. A really inspiring moment as well. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times people have no idea that there's anything they can do about anything except vote. And then a lot of times they don't even bother voting. But I think once you find out, same with results, working on meeting with Congress and hunger and poverty or citizens climate lobby or anything like that, um, once people know what it is, what it's about, and how really pretty easy it is to get yourself into working on something like this and that we can all do something. You know, exactly. if you don't like to go door to door for something, then phone, phone for a candidate or, or you yep. know, whatever. But um, I think people, right now, voting is not enough. Everyone has to vote this time. Um, yeah. I'm thinking I'm going to sign up to try to register voters at some of the um, college campuses. They've said now that they're taking people to come in as the college kids come back. But... Um, there's no sitting this one out. This, this, just, this means too much. So many things have already been taken away that we've worked so hard to do for people who need a hand up, like SNAP, food stamps, Medicaid, all the things that the uh, administration is feeling like, you know, we're going to give a tax break to the millionaires and, oh, I'm sorry, we don't have any more money for SNAP or, or Medicaid, yeah. and that's just not acceptable, not acceptable. These people yeah, need help. Yeah, I agree. And, um, so that's you know so that's exciting that that's happening. Um, do you think uh, have you had any really um, uh, opposition to this at all, or other reasons why people were really happy about it, or yeah, anything like that? 
Yeah, the opposition has been um, really fervent um, throughout the entire part of our campaign. I mean, essentially, once they got word that there were a bunch of citizens, uh, you know, a grassroots group that was kind of trying to take on the problem of redistricting, we had an almost an immediate backlash from people who were, you know, current legislators or people who were in the process um, that were doing uh, redistricting in twenty the twenty eleven twenty ten cycle, um, and um, so we were we once we submitted the signatures um, uh, the. Board of State Canvassers opens up a period of time where an, uh, an opposing party or another party can challenge the signatures or challenge the language. And, and we were actually in court almost all of the summer, um, basically fighting the opposition to say, listen, we are not doing anything that's unusual here. This is a power that people have in the state of Michigan to initiate proposals to change the Constitution. And one of the things that I think people also should should be aware of is um, in 1963, when we had our last constitutional convention and changed, uh, we adopted a new Constitution, we had a redistricting commission much like the one that we're proposing today. Um, and what happened in 1963, after the passage of the Civil Rights Act, that commission, um, the process that they were using and the maps that they were developing um, fell out of line with the Voting Rights Act. And so what happened in the 70s is that the legislature actually took the power away from that commission to draw the maps. And they um, they made that sort of law in the 90s. And since then, you know, nobody's really challenged the fact that we had this commission um, and that the legislature took the power to redistrict into its own hands. And it's it's kind of gone un, unnoticed. And so one of the things that I think is, mm-hmm. is missing from the point is that we actually in 1963 decided that we needed to have a redistricting commission that that did redistricting that was sort of apart from the political machinations of everyday um you know political life we wanted to make it a a process that was not political and so one of the things that i think that also resonates about voters not politicians and the ballot language is that we're basically returning to what the 1963 constitution says and in our in our petition language the voting rights act is still intact the um you know not carving up cities and counties and townships we we have all of those things that are already included in our constitution in our language and so we really aren't adding anything more the things that we add is the fact that the process is now transparent, the, the fact that the, the, the commissioners themselves have to agree, and the other things that we want to make sure that people know about the petition is that the redistricting lines and the work of the commission um, can't favor or disfavor any party. And so one of the things that the, the commissioners will be looking at as they are drawing these maps is making sure that the districts don't, they're not, they're not trying to, to, to create an outsized advantage for one party or another, regardless of who's in mm-hmm. power. And so we really have maps that are as politically neutral as they can be. Now, again, people are political beings. They do care about policy issues. You and I care about policy issues. But the fact that we require these different parties and these different individuals on the commission to agree is something that is unlike anything that we've had before in the state of Michigan. And mm-hmm. I think that that's good. I think that's good. I think we need to have no, something like that. other people agree with that as well. Yeah. No, that's great. I'm so glad that you're a part of that and that people have really gotten on the on board to try to, to do something like this because I think that also they get very, very frustrated when they see different things that come in and it looks like uh you know, like one of the one of the uh congresswomen in uh, in Michigan, Brenda Lawrence, I know her uh district is just so all over the place. It's unbelievable how far she has to go here and there and looks yeah. like a giant snake. And, um, you know, it's just, 
it's just not right, you know, just yeah. isn't. And I would think that people, once they will know about this, you know, would hopefully vote um, on your proposal, proposal two, um, during the election. And, uh, you know, like I've said to anyone, that, you know, that I, that's here heard me anywhere before, I always say, you know, what's, what's more important to your students that's going away to school, a new blanket or getting them registered to vote so that they'll have somebody who's on their side for the things that they need once uh, the election is over with. So I just think it's so important. And I, uh, I don't know if there is anything where they start uh, registering actually at a high school or at, a, at a, a, an event for a high school. Do you? Um, there actually are a couple of um, yeah, there actually are a couple of um, high schools, especially in senior government, um, some senior government classes. I mean, technically, in the state of Michigan, you can register to vote when you're 17, as long as you will be 18 by the time the election rolls around. So anybody that's listening mm. right now, make sure that those students that are in high school that would like to vote in November get registered. Go to your you know your your county or your city clerk and make sure that you you register to vote. Um, actually, VNP, Voters Not Politicians, volunteers are going to be all over the state registering students that are in college that are, you know, enrolling as, as, as first-time voters as freshmen and sophomores. And, and, you know, of course, because I'll be teaching classes this, this fall, I'm going to have a little democracy challenge in my classes saying, like, you know, I want you to do something more than just vote. I want you to research an issue mm-hmm. and, you know, write a report on this or p- participate on a political campaign or volunteer to do something mm-hmm. of an interest that is important to you. Because I do think that what you said at the beginning is really important, that voting is one thing that we can do to sort of restore mm-hmm and ensure that democracy works, but participating in the process is more than that. It's actually showing up at meetings, it's actually volunteering, and it's actually sort of speaking out about the issues that are important to you, because if we don't speak out, nobody will know. The people who are in power will not know the issues that are the most important to us, and so this is one of those ways yeah. that um, that we'll be able to do that, and I think that that's really important, and it's really important to make sure that if you're not registered, that you get registered, because we've got exactly 71 days, I believe, before the November mm-hmm. election, so I want to make sure everybody's doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing they said recently on, uh, I don't know if it was on Facebook or where it was, but was to keep checking in and make sure that your voter registration is there and is you know current or whatever, because sometimes things seem to be going away and all of a sudden people go and they say, oh, we don't have your name. And uh, I don't know exactly who or what is doing it, but I think we all have to be just extremely careful that we get to get to um, get to vote and let people know what's the most important. I know in a lot of our meetings that we've had uh, in D.C. when we go to the Hill to lobby and the members of Congress, you know, we've had different ones say to us, you know, you elect us and then you abandon us. You don't tell us what you want. You don't get in touch with us. I mean, some of them don't want to know, but a lot of them do want to know. And um, they say, you know, we're so glad that you come. You know, you come for something that's not for yourselves, you know, and we have all these people that – that are coming in um, to ask for things and to lobby for something, and they're making loads of money. I don't know how many lobbyists there are per congressional representative now, but it's like they're like, boy, you know, we're so glad to see you because you're trying to do something for people who need help. And um, we just need to elect people this time and get some of the ones out this time that do not care if people have any, any help um, you know, there are people there that that the uh, child care is so expensive now that women can't work. Many women can't work. It's just too expensive. And yeah. um, we just have to be there with, with some help, like SNAP right. or 
CHIP or CHIP or Medicaid or something that they need, or these people won't even ever have any hope that they can get anywhere. So. Yeah, I agree. And I also think that one of the things that happens with redistricting, especially when we are drawing safe districts, right? So that's one of the things that happens when you have a partisan gerrymander, is that you sort of draw mm-hmm. the district in a way that no party ever loses its advantage. And so what happens is that mm-hmm. the representatives that continuously are reelected from these districts that are gerrymandered is that they, they lose touch with their voters because they don't have to win with all of the voters. They only need to win with a with a you know with the safe seats that they've basically drawn. The, the voters that they've chosen in the last redistricting cycle. And so that's really true, that unless you show up and tell them, like, hey, you're only listening to a part of your district, and it's a part of the district that keeps reelecting you, but there are so many other needs that are needed here that you should be paying attention to. So, yes, that's another way that voters can um, make sure that their needs are um, are listened to. And so I think that that's also really important is that redistricting is really at the heart of some of these issues as well. If politicians don't have to listen to us because they are coming from safe districts, they don't have to work and hustle for our vote. They don't have to actually listen to the things mm-hmm. that we want. Whereas in a process where the district lines are sort of taken out of their purview, it means that they actually have to do the due diligence of listening to voters and really knowing what it is that their district needs so that they can represent us fairly in Washington and in, and in Lansing. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, too, a lot of times people, you know, are busy or whatever, and they just at the last minute go to vote, and they get there, and they go, well, this one has an R after his name, so I'm going to vote for him or whatever. But, you know, it, 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 it turns out that there's some people that have gotten in that should never have gotten in and um, that aren't doing anything for the people in their district and, um, you know, have become millionaires. Uh, because of things they've done against the people in their district. And it's just people need to research every candidate and really look to see, you know, not to elect somebody that's against the things that you need. And a lot of people have done that. And they're showing, it's showing up now that things are happening and they're kind of going, well, say like the farmers, you know, what happened? I thought we were going to be okay. This was supposed to be, you know, we're supposed to be all right. And and it isn't all right. So you just, can't just go in and vote you have to research the people so yeah i'm always one of i'm always definitely here to talk about our proposal but i think that all of those things are really those are really important you know reminders Mm -hmm. is that you know you can't just you can't just look for a party queue and assume that your interests are going to be represented you really do need to research what the what the person has Mm -hmm. done what their voting record looks like before you you know reflectively check their names so yeah, yeah that's really important and um what um, what kind of things are your volunteers going to be doing to get the word out about Proposal 2 since probably a lot of people don't know about it yet? Yeah, so we have um, all some, many of the volunteers that collected signatures for us. Um, basically, as we turned in our signatures and they were approved, they kind of said, you know, what what can we do next? And so we have been working um, fervently on door knocking, um, which is just sort of going door to door and sort of talking to our friends and neighbors about what redistricting is and talking about what's going to be on the ballot in November. And so I believe this last weekend we just knocked on our hundred thousandth door, um, which is amazing yeah. because. 
Yeah, when you think about like people power and you think about, you know, how these people have been inspired to participate in a process that has largely been, you know, they they, they haven't filled activate, activated by something. Um, so there are people that are out knocking doors and hopefully they're, if they come to your door, they're going to be just like you and me. I promise they are just people who really mm-hmm. care about this particular issue. And if you take five or six minutes to just talk to them, they will explain the policy to you. And, and you know, we're, we're, we're collecting pledge cards. We want to see that people that are hearing the message about what's going to happen with them, Prop 2, um, that they're, they're going to say yes. And so it's been really, really exciting to see um, the door-knocking component of the campaign really take off. Um, as we get closer to the election, we'll be making phone calls as well as continuing door-knocking. We're doing a lot of get-out-the-vote uh, you know, get events at you know festivals like we did last summer to collect signatures. Um, we will be, again, everywhere. And so you'll start to see those Yes on 2 t-shirts, and when you see those, that's who we are. That's mm-hmm. a volunteer that works for, you know, that's volunteered with voters, not politicians. That's basically just asking you to, you know, take the power of redistricting back to the hands of the people of Michigan. So it's 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 kind mm-hmm. of a fun time to be in the in the in the campaign, and we are, oh, you sure. know, we're we're excited about November. Yeah. So if if people want to help or find yeah. out more information, where should they go? The best place like to go is or- yeah. Yeah, the best place to go is voters.not-politicians.org, and there you can find out everything that you need to know about Voters Not Politicians as an organization. You can read the language of the policy. We have a really great policy fact, which basically goes through how the commissioners will be selected, um, what the activities of the commissioners are going to be, um, the, how they are, you know, how they're going to make decisions, how they're going to get input from the public. Um, so you can do that. You can also donate there if you are, you know, um, so inclined, because as a grassroots organization, we are not funded by big money. Um, We have, um, one of the other really great things about Voters Not Politicians is that a lot of our volunteers have given to the organization, and out of all of the ballot committees that are out there right now in the state of Michigan, we have more individual gifts from individuals than any other ballot committee that's been out there this season, and that's something that we're extremely proud about. Um, yeah. So, and then also, if you want us to come to you, so you know, I've only talked about this in a very, you know, sort of surface um, level. But if you want to get a deep mm-hmm. dive on our policy, we actually have an education committee that would be more than happy to come and actually talk to any group out there in the state of Michigan um, about the policy and, and discuss what's going to be on the ballot in November on November sixth. Uh, so that's that's another option as well. So VotersNotPoliticians.org, and you can basically find out all you need to know about the policy. You can sign up to volunteer if you'd like. You can donate, or you can ask for one of our representatives to come out and talk to you about uh, the pol- policy in detail. Great. That sounds like just about everything that everyone would need. So yeah. thank you so much for that. Um, is there anything else you'd like to go into um, or you know end with as far as something you may want to something else you may want to say or? Yeah, I think the only thing that I would I would want to say is that when you think about the ballot in November, just go all the way down to the bottom. When you get to Prop Two, vote yes. It's the it's the one that's fit. It's fair. It's independent, and it is transparent. It is a process that will bring the 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 product of redistricting, the process of creating these district maps, out into the light. And there's nothing else that's on the ballot that I think, in my personal opinion, that is more important than that. It is wonderful to vote for the governor and all of those other things, but really redistricting is at the heart of our representation as people, and we need to make sure that this process is fair, independent, and, and transparent going forward, and this is the way that we're going to do that. 
Well, definitely. That's, you know, those are some great ideas, and uh, you've given us all a lot to think about. And um, we just want everyone to go to the website, see what else to help, talk to your friends and family. This is one of the most important things you're going to do. So thank you so much, Davia, for coming on. You are a wealth of information, and I really appreciate it. And um, anybody that wants to that needs more information on something similar or on results can get a hold of me at malbertson05 at aol.com, or they can, I can get them in touch with you also. So um, thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate you being on today. I appreciate it as well. Thank you, guys. Thanks to the listeners. Vote yes on two. Thanks so much, Davia. You have a good one. And I'll talk to everyone again next month. Bye now. Perfect. Bye-bye.